Hey everybody, welcome to the second Seafood News Roundtable. I'm your host Adam Sharkey, here with Seafood News Production Editor Michael Ramsing. And today we're going to be talking about a couple of different markets here. But first, Mike, how you been since the last time we spoke? Oh, I'm doing great, Adam. We are recording this the day before Thanksgiving and I'm very excited to enjoy a couple of days off. How about you? Basically the same. Actually, after Thanksgiving, I'm going to be traveling down to North Carolina to visit a few people. I think that's going to be a nice trip because I've never been to the state, so... <laughs> a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I'll be in Cape May. It's not, not, not as far, but it'll be a pretty good time. Yeah, absolutely. This time of year, it's very nice down there. All right. Well, let's get into it. Uh, we got a couple of markets here that we want to cover. Uh, the first one is the octopus market. We're actually seeing on Comtel that the U.S. prices for frozen imported octopus from Philippines and Indonesia have actually gotten to some 52-week highs. And we're looking at these data coming in, these prices coming in, and we're asking ourselves, what are some of the things that would be causing these 52-week highs, especially when some of the markets in other sectors that we cover on Erner Berry's Market Digest are at 52-week lows? Sure. So what's going on in the frozen octopus market that's driving prices up? So what we see here, Adam, is it looks like it's a two-fold issue. One, we have higher market prices uh, because of less supply in the market right now. We're seeing a decline in imports from the Philippines and Indonesia in shipments Imports from Philippines and Indonesia are down 26 and 27% uh, respectively. The Philippines, Indonesia, and Thailand, and Mexico, they all kind of add together and they account for about half the market here in the U.S. And frankly, you know, imports are down. And at the same time, demand here in the U.S. for octopus is higher. So you see those two, you know, simple supply and demand functions and, and you're seeing, you know, 52-week high prices in the market. And we've also seen some other changes outside of just supply. We've also seen some demographical influences and some sheer market dynamics such as restaurant menus. I mean, obviously, when somebody builds a restaurant menu, if shrimp is popular, if lobster is popular, that's going to have a significant impact on the market. Sometimes even if it's just one or two restaurants that put something on special. So are there any things like that that are influencing the price of octopus right now? Yeah. So in the last several years, immigration to the United States has really featured a lot of Hispanic immigrants coming to the country. A lot of Central South American families have moved into the United States. And that's really changed the the culinary landscape of the U.S. market um, in terms of demand for for specific proteins. In this case, it's demand for octopus. Last year, uh, it was reported during the National Fisheries Institute's Seafood Marketing Conference that octopus was featured on 20% more menus um, in 2015. Uh, and a lot of that growth was driven by a larger Hispanic market who really prefer octopus. You know, what we're also seeing, and, and this kind of lends itself to the increased demand, <clears throat> are, are Spanish imports. If you look at uh, the imports that we're, we're getting from Spain, um, those those shipments are up 30%. And, and right now, Spain accounts for the other half of that, that octopus market. But at the same time, even given all those added imports from, from Spain, uh, Spanish prices in the market, according to Erner Berry, are, are at record highs, not just 52-week highs, but all-time highs. So you can see, even though we have more supply of Spanish octopus, prices for that item are, are at record levels. Yeah, we're actually looking at a chart on Comtel right now for octopus coming out of the Philippines and Indonesia doing a comparison side by side. And it looks like the trend for most of last year was either flat or down. And it's really ticked up in the second half of this year. It's been pretty dramatic for some of the reasons that, that we've outlined. So 
definitely going to keep our eye on that as we close out the year. Uh, is octopus normally an item that people associate with the end of the year holidays? Do you mentioned Hispanic families? Is octopus common as a dinner table uh, item? It, it's it's definitely more of a common item um, in those households. Uh, generally, you know, we'll see a, a higher uptick in, in consumption for a lot of seafood items during the holiday season. But really, it just seems to be a, a real just central function of the market at this point, where just there's just more demand and and, and less supply for the item. It's hard to tell whether or not it's a, a holiday driven um, issue at this point. But it's safe to say that it's just less octopus, more demand, higher price. Very cool. Well, let's move on to the next segment. And this is a segment that I think we even said in the last podcast that we cover every day at Erner Barry because it's such a dynamic market. The Gulf shrimp market has had some interesting changes from 2016 in comparison with last year. Sure. Uh, as many of our listeners know, there's different species of shrimp all over the world that are cultivated. And, and the Gulf of Mexico harvest is, while it's not one of the larger harvests, it's definitely a really significant niche market for wild-caught shrimp. Right. especially in the U.S. market. So we've been seeing some supply hangups there. So tell us a little bit about what's going on in the Gulf of Mexico. So this has been a problem that's been going on all year uh, out of the Gulf of Mexico. We've been recording far lower landings in 2016 for wild-caught white and brown shrimp out of the Gulf of Mexico states. You know That includes Texas, Louisiana, Alabama, uh, Mississippi, and, and to a lesser extent, the west coast of Florida. And all year, harvests have trended downward versus not just 2015 levels, but also far lower from the five-year average for this fishery. So what we've been tracking out of the Gulf of uh, Mexico harvest in October was another dip in, in production volumes. The harvest was down 14% from last October at 11.6 million pounds. That catch is, is also down 21% from the five-year average for this fishery. And this was just more of the same. We saw lower catches in the spring season that started in May and went through most of the summer. And then they took a small break. They came back in, in September. The, tr the catch just not, has just not kind of picked up. And, and we've just been seeing these lower levels uh, all year. Now, does anybody in the industry have any insight as to why landings have been so dramatically lower in comparison with previous years? You speak to shrimpers around the Gulf, regardless of the state. It's a fast-moving target. It's a boomer bust type of fishery. It's just how it trends. It's There's very little rhyme or reason. Generally speaking, the third to the fourth quarter, you generally see the highest production levels for this fishery. But that's not a definite. It really depends on where the shrimp have moved to, whether or not the boats can find them. And then again, how big are the shrimp? Did the shrimp grow out to the proper size? So there, there's a lot of varying factors that go into this wild-caught fishery that, that make it a very, someone's described it to me as, as a kind of like a faucet where you can turn it on and all the water will, will, will rush out at one time. But then if you turn it off, there's just, there's no water. And this season, it looks as if that faucet just did not turn on at all. And you know, we just had this this shortage of shrimp that's come through the industry this year. You know, if you wanted to look at one culprit, you could look at, at the Texas fishery. Volumes there were, were down considerably in October. They were down about 2 million pounds, 2.5 million pounds compared to this, this time in October last year. You know, you look across the rest of the Gulf states and ladings are about in within those ranges from the year before. But if you really wanted to look at, at Texas, that could be one state to blame, although we don't want to lay blame on any particular fishery. It, again, it's just how the, the, the shrimp are moving across the water. 
And I'm sure a lot of listeners at this point are basically pulling out their supply and demand curves here, looking at what's going on in the Gulf with supply. And I'm sure a lot of people anticipate what I'm about to say is that there's actually a pretty significant bidding war happening with some processors at the docks trying to pick up that wild-caught product. So as far as pricing and people getting the product that they need, are we looking at a situation where things are really tight or is it? do you think it's going to stay a little looser as we move into the holiday? Uh, well, things have been tight. Like you said, there was a bidding war for the limited raw material from processors. We picked up first wind of this in over the summer months around August and then September it kind of continued where processors were really hungry for the raw material coming out of those waters. There remains a consistent amount of demand for Gulf shrimp, whether it be a, a retailer or, or, or a restaurant. If they want the Gulf shrimp, they are willing to pay a premium to get it on their menu. And we saw that materialize in, in higher raw material prices uh, paid to the fishermen at the docks. And then that was then reflected in the wholesale markets. And we've seen prices not soar, uh, not not get to these record levels, but they've trended well above levels that we've seen in, in 2015. Uh, and they've kind of held steady at those levels as demand doesn't really seem to have really waned tremendously for, for the Gulf product right now. For sure. A lot of the domestic PUDs in most of the sizes that we check before the program are trading at 52-week highs as of the month of November. And we're looking at closing out the month of November since the Thanksgiving holiday is basically here with us and we're just about at the end of the month. So definitely a month for the books as supply continues to be tight. Generally speaking, wild shrimp fishery will wind down from, from now until the end of the year. And the expectation is for supplies to remain tight. And, and if you you know want to read in, in between the lines a little bit and, and, and know that the, the next Gulf, the, the next bulk of landings won't occur until around May or, or June uh, next year, uh, you know, this situation isn't likely to really change too much. So we'll see how the market trends as we go into the Christmas holiday and then into the start of the next year. All right. Well, that's interesting. And one thing I want to bring up before we move into the last segment, uh, being that we're about to close out the year, one question that I want to ask you for some of our general seafood listeners and, and people that might be working in procurement where they're planning menus and such for next year. One thing I wanted to ask you is what are you anticipating in terms of the species to watch for the next couple of months? Uh, what's in the chatterbox as far as what you're going to be tracking in December and January? Oh, that's a good question. So uh, the uh, lobstermen in Nova Scotia, the uh, LFA lobster fishing areas 33 and 34, those are the main production points uh, for, for winter season lobsters out of Canada. So they're going to start their season on November 28th, uh, weather permitting. Uh, there was a story we ran in seafoodnews.com on that, uh, you know, this week. Uh, and, and, We'll be, we'll be looking at how to see how that Nova Scotia lobster harvest trends. Uh, we wrote a piece earlier uh, in November where processors were worried about the potential of a lobster tail so shortage in the market for varying reasons. You can, again, read that story in seafoodnews.com. So we'll be, we'll be monitoring how, how, lobster, how lobster fishery performs in Canada. Uh, we'll also get the latest, uh, we'll get the 2015 main lobster landings in, in late December, early January. And we'll, we'll, you can look for a piece on that. And that'll give us a better idea of how uh, the lobster fishery trended throughout 2015. Uh, and then beyond that, you look at Lent, uh, the Lent, Lent holiday. And, and at that point, you see a lot of sales uh, at the 
QSR and, and fast food sectors uh, start to pick up. Uh, it's also a big whitefish trending holiday. A lot of tilapia and pangasius uh, interest picks up at that point in the year. And then, you know, by then you, you get into the nor- time for the, the Boston Seafood Show or the Seafood Expo North America, uh, where the whole industry north, you know, travels to Boston for, you know, that, that multi-day event. So, you know, those are the things that we're going to be looking forward, uh, looking forward to reporting and covering as we get past the Christmas holiday. Very cool. And many of you out there probably know that seafoodnews.com is the best place on the web to get your access to seafood market news every single day. We cover all the major species and our reporters are out there getting the scoop on all these stories and putting out that info and digesting these reports for you so that you can learn all about your industry and stay apprised of some of these trends that we're talking about. And actually, on the subject of seafood news, Mike, you came in today with a message about something new that you've added to the site, a benefit for some of the subscribers to Seafood News. Is that correct? I, I did, we, and, and we're actually really happy with it. Uh, we just uh, finalized and, and, and have issued our first two um, commodity-specific newsletters. Uh, so I guess to explain that, what we're, what we're now doing uh, for paid subscribers, they can now, um, they're now going to be sent... Um, we're going to start with maybe a week or it could be bi-weekly, but we're going to start sending you guys uh, curated content on specific commodities. If, if you want shrimp news, um, we're going to have a newsletter for, for just shrimp news. If you want a lobster newsletter, you can just sign it. You can, you can check a box on your account page and you'll be sent uh, a weekly or bi-weekly lobster newsletter. We also look to do this for, you know, a number of the other species that we cover, crab, cod, uh, we might, you know, we're considering packaging some kind of featured content newsletter together. Um, so we're really excited about offering our premium subscribers, you know, even more focused news um, that's commodity specific. Uh, and, you know, it'll be available. It's available currently. We, we've got our first two news- newsletters out, you know, before the Thanksgiving holiday. And, and we're looking forward to putting more out as we as we go forward. And a lot of subscribers might not know or realize, but if you have a Seafood News subscription already, you do get the latest headlines and some featured content to your email. So now, in addition to that, you can get that curated content and get even more industry focus, which is a really interesting and exciting development that we have here. We're really happy with it. You know, we really are. Well, thanks, Mike. Thanks for coming in to be with us again. Uh, We'll have you back soon, I'm sure. And we're also going to have some of the reporters on to do one-on-one interviews on their sectors and the markets that they cover. This week's episode was brought to you by the Seafood Price Current, which for decades has been the industry standard to get wholesale market prices in the United States for seafood from all around the globe that's trading in our markets. If you do not get a copy of the Seafood Price Current, make sure to contact Erner Barry at 800-932-0617 to arrange your subscription today. Mike, again, we love having you with us and we'll talk to you again soon. I appreciate the time, Adam. Thank you for having me on.